This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters and this is the show that brian i need to ask you something serious Ooh, i need to okay. talk to you it's yeah. been bugging me now for like for the whole week i've been saving it for the show it has nothing to do with morbius which is what we're uh, talking well it involves a dark room and this movie's dark as shit so maybe it does okay so you know whenever i'm traveling for work and i end up either like on a ferry or driving in a weird place or in like a strange bathroom or something. We've talked about these weird stories before. Off yeah. Bike. This is the weirdest one yet. Okay. And I've been saving it. And it just seems like it's appropriate to talk about a bathroom thing because of Morbius. Because of Morbius. So I had to go to my office this past week, which very rarely happens. But at my office, there's a downstairs bathroom, which just has one stall in it. And weirdly enough, it has a, uh, a lock on the outside door, but then it has a stall lock. I don't know who the hell's Ooh, not locking dump. the outside door. I don't Double know. Who's, locks. I don't know who's not doing that. But if you go upstairs, it's like a fucking throne room up there. Ooh. I go upstairs because I'm a fancy boy. And there's two stalls there. It's great. I okay. walk in. I turn on the lights. And all I hear is, can you turn them back off? I can't poop with the lights on. <laughs> What? <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. That's a weird scenario to be placed in. It was the weirdest. I turned it off. I thought that was like the right thing to do. But then I'm like, man, I still have to piss. Am I about to try to do this with the lights on? Like, I don't want to turn the, the flashlight on because yeah. that just makes it weirder. That is weirder. But I have to imagine that the man that was in the stall next to me at the time, because I did turn the flashlight on and made it a little weird. Uh, I have to imagine <laughs> that he was Dr. Michael Morbius. Yeah, uh, can't be in the light because it's not painful for Dr. Michael Morbius. I think we'll get there. We probably won't. I don't know. It's like a vampire adjacent vampire. It is a vampire adjacent. <laughs> yeah, that's more like a gremlin. I think you work with a gremlin. But maybe that's like the tone we take for the whole movie is turn off the lights. I can't poop with the lights on. <laughs> I can't poop with the lights on. I think it's an appropriate take for this movie. Because this week we are talking about Morbius from April 1st. 2022, a very appropriate date. Such an appropriate release date. <laughs> Directed by famous director Daniel Espinosa. This movie has been requested a stupid amount since it came out. Which was not that long ago. It was not that long ago. Then when it hit Netflix, everyone's like, hey, it was number one on Netflix. Why aren't you watching this? And we're like, shit, you're right. Fine. It's Morbin time. It is Morbin time. Have you ever been Morb before? I've never been Morbed before this. No, I haven't been Morbed either. I was saving the Morbin for when we had to be a Morbin time. I was I was basically those kids in the in the Power Rangers movie. I just could not morb, no matter how <laughs> hard I tried. How and Brian Cranston didn't just tell me to go home after I didn't morb. No, he's like, I understand why you're not morbing, but like, could you please try to morb for me? And I was like, you know what, Brian Cranston, for you, for you, anything, I'll morb. Just don't get naked again, like you did in the first scene of the Power Rangers <laughs> 2017. Don't get naked again, Brian Cranston. Don't, Thank don't you. do that. I feel like we just need to get right into this thing. This is uh, a strange one, and... It is strange, and you know what? We we have to get there. We do have to get there, and I don't know if I should say this now or later. I feel like I'll do it now. I feel like we tear off the tear off the Band-Aid. 
okay, I like this movie. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. <laughs> I don't understand where all the hate comes from. I have no idea. I was super into most of this movie. Exactly. I was surprised at how much I did not dislike it. Yeah. Um. Let's just dive headfirst right on in. Put the needle in my spine and put the do the science. In my spine. Inject the Morbius into my life stream. Cerro de la Muerte, Costa Rica. A helicopter flies overhead on its way to Jurassic Park. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> the music bom, bom, bom. wishes. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, this movie has what you would call generic music. Yes. Yeah, they were like, hey, you put a sound bed under this. Yeah, pretty much. And they started out like the same way they started the Phantom, with like that big march and the purple screen, and you're like, I did not need that. I liked the purple screen. I was like, oh, this is different. Okay, we're, always like anything we're trying to be modern. For what it's worth. That, that's fair. I do like purple. Big old purple M coming on the screen. So when this helicopter lands, Dr. Michael Morbius, played by Jared Leto, I refuse. <laughs> I think it's the right move. <laughs> he departs the helicopter looking greasier than ever, and he hobbles his way over to the entrance of a cave, romanticizing some vampire bats along the way. Yeah, and he's, I like how they get right into his disability, how he can't really walk, and Jared Leto milks it for all it's worth. He absolutely does, and we'll get there. We absolutely will. He slices his palm open and holds it in front of the cave, and a whole swarm of vampires fly out of the cave. And, you know, this is for science. Right, not Batman. Not Batman. Should be noted, but he's like holding his arms out like, yes, embrace me, fellow bats, or After creatures I of the night or something. Was literally just talking about how you tear apart a Animals much larger than you. Yep. Just All surround me. But it's Jared Leto. He's not a very big boy. <laughs> we get a flashback. Greece, 25 years earlier. Aggressive flashback. It's the most aggressive, probably. It's like, like this bats. movie wants to get started, but it doesn't know how or where. Exactly. But it will like, get there. It we will gotta, get there. We got to dump these people in this movie, but then we have to, you know, backstory it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Young Michael Morbius lives in a private hospital facility under the watch of Dr. Emil Nicholas, played by Jared fucking Harris. Give it to him. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. This is where Michael Morbius finds out that he has this incurable rare blood disorder, and that's why he's got to have the crutches and all the... He got to have a, quote, oil change three times a day. Right. Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> One day, a new kid arrives, Lucian. And Morbius doesn't give a fuck what his name is. He calls him Milo. How much of a baller move is that like they called him lucian and i was like okay and then they started calling him milo i was like name's lucian name's and then lucian. i realized that it was just some bde coming from from Tiny michael morbius, morbius. Yeah. yeah lucian asked him what was the last kid's name milo he's like not nah, even remember the original milo you're like the fourth milo you just got a milo thing going on about you <laughs> so you're milo he's like you're gonna die next to me i'm not gonna learn your name <laughs> you're just another milo Treating it like George Foreman's kids. Great. <laughs> <laughs> he warns new Milo that the students at the school near the hospital are a bunch of bullies. So like the Spartans, they are the few versus the many. He sort and, of warns him. He basically says, look out that window. There's bad kids. Yeah, don't go out there when they're there because we are the few versus the many. Got to get that, that quote in there one way or another. Right. It will come back because it has to. For reasons. Not a lot happens in this movie despite no. enough happening. <laughs> Milo passes out. He's not having a very great first day at hospital. No, and you have Morbius like go over to the machine and he like takes apart a ballpoint pen. He sticks the spring in, and then Milo's alive again. Yeah, yeah. He just uses the pen and saves 
little Milo. So Dr. Nicholas tells <laughs> Morbius that he's gifted because he saved him with a pen, like he's some sort of MacGyver. And then he ships him off to a school for gifted youngsters in New York, but not that one. But not that one. Important <laughs> to know it's not that one. It's a different school for gifted youngsters. <laughs> when Morby asked... Morby. We're getting <laughs> real personal with him, huh? I did. Got real, real <laughs> com- comfortable with our relationship there for you a second. You made me think of like a Harley Quinn. Hey there, Morby. Hey, Morby. <laughs> when Morbius asks about Milo, Dr. Nicholas assures him that he'll take care of him. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so Morbius <laughs> writes him a goodbye letter, establishing both his love of origami and promising... To cure their disease. Neat. Yeah. This is also thrilling so far. Doing a lot of legwork here in this scene. Uh-huh. And that's not literal. Their legs are garbage in this movie. <laughs> no, no. The movie's trying to do all the legwork for them. Right. <laughs> Flash forward back to present day. Michael Morbius completes his doctorate by the age of 19 and establishes himself as the world's leading authority on blood-borne diseases. He starts Horizon Labs and develops blue artificial blood, which has saved more lives than penicillin. For this, he's awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, not to be confused with the Nobel Peace Prize. That's correct. And I was a little confused because of the way that Jared fucking Harris like awarded him. He's like, come on up, shake the king of Sweden's hand, bud. Like yeah. It was way too cavalier for a proper ceremony. <laughs> Absolutely. But it turns out that Michael Morbius refuses the Nobel Peace Prize or whatever it is. Yep. The Sweden he- Prize. He bork, continues, bork. And he continues working on secret illegal experiments to cure his blood disease. He tells his colleague, Dr. Martine Bancroft, played by Adria fucking Arjona, that by not disclosing his activities, he's actually protecting her. You know, plausible deniability. And then he proceeds to exposition dump all over her, thus making her an accomplice. Correct. So I like how he made it seem like this is going to be completely on the level just for you. You're going to be fine, but also... Yeah. Uh, maybe clog your ears right now, because here it comes! <laughs> you're going to have to carry on my work after I'm dead, because that's going to be soon. And to do that, you're going to need to know what it is. But I'm not going to tell you, so you can deny it, but also, I'm going to tell you right now. Exactly. Long story short, he's mixing human and vampire bat DNA to try to gain the benefit of the natural anticoagulants found in the vampire bats. It seems like solid science, the way they break this down. Like, it's very simply put, and I went, that seems like it makes sense. Wait a minute. They're talking science stuff, and I'm not completely lost. <laughs> they had to like break it down for like, how can we make Jared Leto believable at explaining science? <laughs> really dumb down the science, and then people be like, yeah, DNA, we have that. Hey, writers, have you ever seen The Office where Michael Scott says, can you explain it to me like I'm five? Can we do that for Jared Leto's dialogue? Can we do that? Uh, Yeah, we, we can definitely do that. Let's just... um. We were going to do this whole thing about recombinant DNA, and and instead, we're just going to... We combine the bats with the humans, so now anticoagulants. <laughs> sure. Bam, nailed it. Why not? <laughs> he tests his most recent concoction on a rat, who proceeds to immediately die. That's not great. It's not what you want to see in your experiments. This is an actual IMDb trivia fact. I did not submit any cape for this one. It didn't seem worth my time. It didn't seem like it needed it. <laughs> Jared Leto committed to capturing Michael Morbius's limping state and used crutches, even off-camera. Oh, fuck all the way off. This proved to be troublesome for the crew at times, when the actor reportedly took 45-minute treks to the bathroom. Pushing him in a wheelchair was a loophole solution around these delays. 
So Daniel Day-Lewis famously did this with My Left Foot, and he won Best Actor for it. And everyone yeah. said, your performance is brilliant, but you're a dickhead for doing it. But your performance yes. is brilliant. Here, uh, you're a dickhead for doing it, and your performance is uh, a, a dickhead. Your is that a, is a dickhead? dickhead too. Yeah. <laughs> you're doubling down on the dickhead, Jared Leto. And this is after you've already dickheaded all over the Suicide Squad. Right. <laughs> you're getting something of a reputation here. Yep. Dr. Morbius's favorite slash maybe only patient, Anna, has a conveniently timed attack of some sort, pulling Morbius and Bancroft away from their experiment. He induces a coma to save her from a stroke, and then they notice that the rat is, in fact, alive. That seems good enough for them to say, we scienced all over that fucking rat! (laughs) Yes, success! Remember when that rat died, but now it's not dead? That says to me, we nailed it. Shoot me up, baby! I'm ready to (laughs) take the walk to the bright white light at the end of the tunnel and then maybe come back because I'm a rat also? Yeah, well, right? he knows he's going to die one way or another, so. I guess you got nothing to lose. <laughs> Except my attention span. <laughs> <laughs> Michael visits his best friend Milo, played by Matt fucking Smith. I was going to say, if you didn't give it to him, I was going to reach through the screen and punch you right in the fucking throat. There are uh, rare instances, I don't think I could actually think of any, where I would not give Matt Smith the fucking. Good. good and I good, mean good. that on multiple levels. This just got hot. Hooey! Milo is the one who funded Michael Morbius's illegal expedition to Costa Rica from the beginning of the movie. And now, Morbius is seeking funding to start human trials in international waters. So... Milo assembles a group of mercenaries and a ship. Not scientists, just mercenaries and a just ship. Mercenaries just mercenaries like and a they ship. They typically do with scientists. Yep. I guess. Hey, I got some shit to test, and it's going to be highly dangerous and illegal. So, can you get me mercenaries and a ship? And Milo's like, Yeah. Yeah, What's no my problem. character again? Cool. I could be that guy. <laughs> uh, Matt Smith is a treat. He is. Not my favorite doctor, weirdly enough, but he's uh, a very same. good doctor. Same. David Tennant. David Tennant. Yeah. All, okay. All Good. Making sure we're on the same page there. Yeah. In international waters, Morbius begins human trials on himself with the help of Dr. Bancroft, of course. Well, I need someone to stick that needle into his spine. I mean, <laughs> spines are hard to stab. It's a, it's a weird angle. You got to get behind you. And yeah, you need a help. You got to find like the right gap in the spine to hit too. Because like she's counting down. At like uh, lumbar one, lumbar two, lumbar three. And he's like, that's the ticket. Yep. You nailed it. <laughs> All right. So she injects him and straps him in and his whole body starts shaking. She like barely straps him in though. She's like more amazed that she hit the right spot with the needle. He's like, dude, you got to strap me in. She's like, oh, right. Oh, shit. Right. I got to do that. Why? You're just going to die like that rat. Right. You don't need to be strapped in, in like, a couple seconds. You will be dead. Yeah. I don't remember the rat convulsing this much either. Well, Jared Leto, uh, he ate all the scenery that there was. <laughs> like He chomped down on it because he won one Oscar ever and has been okay in everything else. And he said, that's good enough for me to gnaw on all this scenery. Yeah, that, that checks out. It's funny because like he said that he had a hard time with his character because it wasn't so much acting in a character movie as it was just him being Jared Leto, but also a vampire at times. But I kind of like that explanation because Jared Leto is a bit of a darker kind of guy just in life. And yet he still insisted on going method to be himself. (laughs) That's insane. You're right. Choices. There you go. Choices were made and um, there's good choices and bad choices. That's kind of what makes a performance. Yeah. And even a broken clock 
gets an Oscar twice a day. Exactly. That's the saying, right? Once a day. You got it once, once a, a day. day. One of the mercenaries comes down to check on Michael in the lab, and he asks Dr. Bancroft about where Morbius is, and she looks over and notices that he is no longer strapped to the chair. He has left the room, and they find him hanging from the ceiling. So the mercenary calls for backup, and he starts shooting at Morbius on the ceiling, which is, you know, a bold move. <laughs> right? If a man's hanging from the ceiling, um, he's probably super powered up. Maybe don't shoot at him. You don't know what to expect. Right? It's very well established in this movie that Venom happened. And, like, I yes, would not be is. shooting at random uh, things that seem to have powers. I like how much they bring up Venom. It makes me happy. Yes. Because those movies kick ass, mostly. They are pretty good, actually. They're very good, and I don't understand the hate for them, but I also don't understand the hate for Morbius. Carry on. I'm sorry. There's I'm a lot of hate for the Sony movies, and I don't know why. diatribe about this. It's not a full-fledged Marvel. This isn't a purebred Marvel. Sony's fucking everything up. And yeah, I watched uh, the Westminster Dog Show, and I know that Bloodhound's not purebred, just like the Sony Marvel movies. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> Speaking about having two left feet, Eugene Levy in that movie. There you go. There, there you go. <laughs> There's the connection. <laughs> I the eyebrows it. themselves. I love Best in Show. I love that movie so damn much. <laughs> Have you ever seen Best in Show? I've never seen Best God in damn Show. It. I was wondering why you were like so hesitant to play with me, and that explains it. Yeah. This all explains it. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> it's so good. So Michael Morbius, now a goddamn shit-sucking vampire, jumps on the mercenary and kills him. Well, he kills a lot of people. Then the rest of the crew arrive, and one by one, he kills them. One of them pushes over Dr. Bancroft, and she, she hits her head and gets knocked out, and that and, makes Morbius- Well, she falls into that fridge. So mad. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, this movie's really violent. It's super violent. <laughs> it's like ridiculously violent. Venom is a very violent franchise at yes. this point. Violent two movies. This very much leapfrogged that in it, terms it of violence. It ramps it up. Very much so. There's, there's a lot less decapitation by alien symbiote, but there's, there's a lot of death. Yeah, there is. There's so much killing, man. So much killing. And how do you think Morbius looks in the vampire look? I don't hate it. I don't either, and I kind of love it. I don't know if I love it, but I definitely don't hate it. It's over the top enough for me. Yes. I, it, I, the way you worded it, I like, because I think Matt Smith as a vampire looks incredible. Morbius well, he's, Matt Smith fine. has a, a very specific face. <laughs> he's got, it's built for vampirism. It's built for occasional vampirism, and they do this thing throughout the movie where the character is in their human form, face-wise. But every now and then, Just the flashes. vampire kind of quickly comes up and flashes and yeah. takes over. And I think Very that neat. is a bit of a touch of brilliance for yeah. this movie. It but looks you know, so good. But we'll get there. But you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> getting I'm getting ahead of myself. Ahead of, no, I am too. I'm the one who brought up Matt Smith to begin with. So Well, you had to because, you know, it's an opsizing and it had to come up and you'd <laughs> fuck him as we've determined. Uh, I did say that in one way or another, didn't I? <laughs> yes. Oops. <laughs> Don't take it back. I get it. I didn't say I take it back. I just said, oops. You want to use your sonic screwdriver on his butthole, which is bigger <laughs> on the inside. Oh, dear. And he's going to turn to you and say, are you going to put a fez on that? And you say, no, I've never worn a fez in my entire life. No, but bow ties are cool. That's right. If you have to switch it up somehow. <laughs> Morbius takes out the mercenaries one by one, hiding in the shadows and on the ceiling and, you know, killing Sure, Batman, we got it. 
He eventually not regains- killing. Batman doesn't kill, but he does this whole hiding in the shadows thing. The way right. Morbius moves is really cool too, because it has that kind of cloud behind it. Has that too. ethereal dust around him that they pulled right from the comics, and I love it. Uh huh. There's a lot to love. We'll get there. Morbius eventually regains his senses, realizing he's no longer sick and is hella jacked now. He is hella jacked, but this is a lot like a Barry Badgernath waking up next to a slaughtered deer in the woods naked. <laughs> yes. Like. Oh, no, not again. Uh, what have I done? <laughs> but also look at these abs. They're there. They're prevalent. He goes to make sure that Bancroft is alive, and he, then he erases all the CCTV footage. Then he contacts the authorities, and he jumps off the ship. Sure, all that. FBI agents Simon Stroud and Al Rodriguez. That's Tyrese Gibson and Al fucking Madrigal. Al Madrigal did his best David Cross impression. Throughout Al- this entire movie. <laughs> I'm just happy that Al Madrigal is here. That's fair, too. I feel like the man deserves to get more work. Yeah, that's fine. If we need to have a Morbius verse in order to keep Al Madrigal employed, yes, please, sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope he becomes a major player in the Sony Spider-Man universe. There's a lot of people who could become major players in that. There are. It's a very small universe right now, but it's ever-growing. It is very much growing, and let's not forget that it has one of the highest-grossing films of all time in it. That's bananas. So hate Morbius all you want, and hate Sony all you want, but... But it's still better assembled than the DCEU. No one will deny that. (laughs) So Agent Stroud and Rodriguez investigate the ship, and they find all the mercenaries drained of their blood, and also an origami bat. I know a guy who likes to make origami bats. These are like the best FBI agents of all time because they're like, look at what I found. This is the best clue we could possibly have. There's only one man in the world that knows origami. It's kind of like Elvis in Walk Hard. <laughs> There's only two people who know karate. <laughs> and one of them's me. <laughs> I'll find a way to get that movie in there anytime I can. Every time until we I really die. really should on the new show. That should be like our Christmas episode every year. I'm 100% in. And maybe we'll bring like a different guest on every year to celebrate Walk Hard with us. Yes, I love that idea. But we also might need to quickly talk about Weird, the Al Yankovic story when it comes out, because by all accounts, it has heavy, heavy Walk Hard vibes. I cannot wait for that movie. I'm super excited to see that movie. I cannot wait. You, dear listeners, if you could reach through your speakers right now and just rub my nipples, you'd feel that they're fucking diamond cutters for weird. Uh, you could you could print that and put it on the the jacket. The, I hope they would. The jewel It'd be great. case. <laughs> My nipples are diamond cutters, says Dave Michaels of the Caped Podcasters. It's right there on on the cover. Cut print. I'll stand behind that statement. News of the ship reaches Milo, and this is an actual IMDb trivia fact. When Doctor Nicholas asks Milo how his pain is on a scale of one to ten, Milo replies eleven. Smith also played the titular character on Doctor Who as the 11th incarnation of the Doctor. Fuck you, IMDb. It's a great wink ding, and also there's so many Stanley Kubrick references oh my in God, the first half of this amount. movie, and then they stop for whatever reason. But <laughs> Abruptly. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many that you actually texted me while you were watching it and said, am I the only one seeing all these Kubrick <laughs> references? <laughs> they, and a, no, there's no way, because it's basically just like, this movie's The Shining, right? No, it's Morbius. <laughs> And I, I wanted to text you back, like, just wait, you'll, you'll lose them, but... They're gone! I like, halfway of this heart. movie, there's no Kubrickian anything, but, man, that first half is just, like, 
Shining light. <laughs> Diet shining. <laughs> Morbius checks in on Dr. Bancroft and then returns to his lab because his disease has started to return and he's getting all, all knock-kneed and this is actually very well acted. Is it though? I mean, I, I've been a perfectly upright walking person and then the buffalo starts tracing in my brain <laughs> and I turn into this. So is it really that impressive, Brian? I don't know. I've never seen you like lose full function of one of your legs before intentionally. <laughs> you weren't at my bachelor party. Intentionally. My bachelor party got off the rails fast because we got a party bus and we drove out to City Field to see the New York Metropolitans play a baseball game against a team. Oh, I'm sorry. Which I'm not sure who, who they played. I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends bailed as people do on a bachelor party. Every of course. Then, but he bailed like day of. So we ended up bringing the bus driver in with us, and he was having a ball. Just a man in a, a vest, eating hot dogs and drinking beers, having a ball with us, That's who was amazing. going to drive us later. There was a rain delay, and I barely remember this, and my brother-in-law disappeared and came back with a Batman mask, because apparently <laughs> Matt Harvey was pitching that day, and he was the Dark Knight of Gotham, and this is what they did. Yeah. But he wouldn't tell me where he got the mask from. But well, my brain weird. lights were just very much flickering at this point. And then we went to a ping pong bar in New York City called Spin. And okay. apparently I played ping pong for a while. <laughs> I love that this is all secondhand information. But then I, we went to Jersey City after that, crossed a bridge, and we went to Barcade, as one Naturally. wants to do, where it's bar and arcade. And I set a high score on Qbert, and then I threw up my brains in a bathroom. <laughs> Sounds like a successful evening. It was not bad. And then I remember being on the bus again, destroying a styrofoam cooler with uh, um, additional vomit that was the color of a delicious Russian River stout. Mm. So, success, but Sounds I'm Morbius. Like you nailed it. It, the, what I'm getting at is I'm Morbius. Yeah, 100%. You lost control of your legs. Morbius could get a high score in fucking Hubert. Look at the guy. He looks like he would rock. He Hubert. looks like he would be very good at Hubert. So this is my long-winded way of saying, not impressed. Okay, fair. I was impressed. I was like, it really looks like his disease is coming back. But then he drinks some blood and the symptoms subside. Then we cue a whole montage of him jumping around, using his superhuman strength, echolocation, and hanging out with vampire bats who don't seem to mind his presence, even though they didn't mind his presence at the beginning of the movie either. Well, he's got like this big fishbowl of vampire bats, and he just goes like stands in it. A bat like he's bowl. one of them. Yeah. Which is just strange to do. Well, they see him as a brother, according to the VO. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they welcomed my presence like I was one of them, like we were brothers. This oh, okay. is Walt Disney. Do you remember that feature film we did, Brother Bear, where we lost all that money? How about we do an adult version called Brother Bat? <laughs> we'll get that Jared Leto fella. He looks bat-like. <laughs> no, not a Batman. The Joker. <laughs> but basically, yes, he's going to play a Batman. He more or less is going to be a Batman. Yes. Yes. Did you, did you say more or less or Morbius? I slipped up and it was a little bit of both. Yeah, he, he was Morbius playing a Batman. My tongue legs are dying slowly because of how much I am drinking for this episode. <laughs> but isn't intentionally. It is intentionally. I knew what I was getting myself into tonight. Fair. Morbius decides to test what happens when he goes without blood for a while. Without drinking blood, he reverts to his sickly self, but even closer to death than he was before he experimented on himself. He discovers that his artificial blue blood that he invented will keep him satiated for a while, but its effectiveness is deteriorating, and he'll eventually need to, quote, drink the red. 
And this is wild because it's just Jared Leto sucking down IV bags at a point. Like he's Napoleon Dynamite with a Gatorade. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Acting. But how does he not just like, you know, set up some sort of sham blood drive type thing? He can load himself up for a while oh, to be like, absolutely. come on to my weird van, no candy involved, and uh, we will drain that blood and <laughs> I will be set for life. The man invented artificial blood, but he doesn't have access to real blood? I'm confused. <laughs> He sciences alone, apparently. Like, he doesn't apparently. want to science in a team. Yeah. He could also just, like, rob the Red Cross. Well, we're going to get there, actually, with the sciencing in team and how labs work and whatnot, because basically <laughs> they treat the lab like it's the fucking moon where you can just plant a flag and say, mine. This is but my, we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> we will get there. Milo shows up at the lab to check on Morbius, even though all signs point to the man being dead. Milo's like, I'm just going to go see. Let me just go to his lab. And see if he's there. The FBI hasn't even tried this yet. <laughs> right. Well, they're very bad cops. We've learned this already. Milo learns that Morbius is cured, and he becomes furious when Morbius refuses to cure him as well, not wanting to subject him to his curse. Which is very selfish, the way he like kind of frames this, but also not, but also is. It is, but it isn't. Yeah, it's tricky. It's a real uh, quandary for Mr. Morbius here. Listen, fucker, you name me Milo. My name's been Lucian the whole time. I've got identity crisis already. Give me the fucking shot in the spine. Wow. Thought Matt Smith was here, didn't you? That was, that was, I thought he was, I was, I was getting ready with my yeah. sonic screwdriver. It's big or on the inside. Oh, that's very good, Matt Smith. Fezzes are cool. <laughs> Bow ties are cool. <laughs> was he the one who had Jenna Coleman? Yes. Well, Lucky fucking devil. He did it first, and then, and then, uh, Peter Capaldi had her. She stayed, even though the doctor left. And my God, Jenna Coleman. Piper does the same thing. She does. That's right. And it got weird. And I like whenever they do that. It's fun. I, I would love to talk Doctor Who. It'd more. be so much fun to talk Doctor Who. Maybe future Patreon. Who the hell knows? Who knows? The, the future is expansive. <laughs> yeah. Doctor Who does it for me. Like, it's one of those things where I will have to binge it and then stop binging it for a while because yes. it's like overkill. And then yes. you go back, you're like, man, this is so lovely. You're like, why did I stop watching this? And then eventually you're like, oh, right. That's why I stopped watching this. Every single time. Yeah. I still have like a doctor and a half to catch up on. I do too. But it's one of those things where you treat it like food that's left out for way too long. Where like you dive in at this big ass porterhouse <laughs> steak and you're like, this is absolutely delicious, but I'm filling up. Right. But then when you want to go back to it after taking a break because you're so full, you're like, no, this has been sitting out for too long. Yeah. It's, it's probably not I need to, a break right now uh, until this steak tastes delicious again. Yeah. Which it will, but not right now. But not right now. I think that's a long way of saying that Matt Smith is great. That's fair. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what I was getting at the whole time. So Milo plays with Morbius for the cure, but Morbius yells at him to get out and he gets all vampire-y in the face to really scare him. Like, get out of here! Rawr, get out! <laughs> the FBI agents interview Bancroft, who tells them nothing, but they make it pretty clear that they suspect Dr. Michael Morbius is involved on account of, you know, finding that origami or whatever. Well, yeah, the origami killer, right? Is that it? I think so. They didn't name this killer, and I hate whenever they don't name killers. They should really name all killers. Every single one. This guy has at least eight victims at this point. You should give him a name. The blood-sucking origami killer. That seems too long. It's a little on the nose, too. Like, that's such a specific pattern. They drained him of their blood. Was there any folded paper? Yes. God damn it, there was. <laughs> so as he drained him of the blood, he was playing M.A.S.H. 
<laughs> trying to find out where he was going to live and whose future lover was going to be. This sorry-ass victim chose pink. Should have <laughs> known better. Maybe that's like a merch thing we should do. It's just throw together mash <laughs> shit that just insults people the whole time. You know those little those folding fortune tellers? That's it. Yeah. That's what it is. 100%. <laughs> P-I-N-K. Okay, now choose a number. <laughs> now I'm going to suck all your blood out. That's how everything ends. This got dark. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all night. You're all going to die. Bring it back to Weird Al. That night, a nurse at Horizon Labs is attacked and her blood is sucked. Morbius wakes the next morning in his patient Anna's room and witnesses the aftermath of the incident. And he's like, I got to get the hell out of here. I think I might have killed this lady that I've worked with for seven years. He has like a twinge of guilt every time he kills, but also not. But also not. He's like, just yeah, weird. ooh, I shouldn't have done that. And that's about the extent of it. <laughs> You know, those fucking rats had families, too. I'm used to this. <laughs> he rushes to the exit of the hospital, but he's intercepted by the FBI agents. But two regular-ass dudes are no match for Michael Morbius. No, not even close. He flees to the roof of the building, just spilling dust, ethereal <laughs> mist everywhere he goes. Sure. He gets to the roof of the building, and he's... He almost falls off the top, uh, and then he's met at gunpoint by Agent Stroud, who can apparently teleport. I didn't know that either. Because he was at the bottom of the stairs, and then Morbius literally jumped to the top of the stairwell, ran to the edge of the building, turned around, and the guy was there already. And he was, like, pointing a gun at him, and Morbius has all, like, these waves going around him, like air waves. Yeah, it's like some sort of aerodynamic uh, bullshit. Yeah, but it makes him fly, which is pretty neat. It does, when it's convenient. Yeah, that's fair also, but in my head, because the buffalo traced hard while I was watching this also, I fair. go, that's kind of an interesting way to do that. It is. You're not wrong. This movie's full of interesting things. It's a lot like that Carrie Strug girl in the Olympics where she like destroyed her ankle and then did the jump again and she landed and everyone's like, wow, that was so beautiful and graceful. Like, it fucking wasn't. Yeah, it's just no, a miracle yeah. she landed, but- that's, That's what this, this was. movie. <laughs> exactly. This is the Kerry Strug of movies. It's a miracle it landed. <laughs> it, it, it did a bad thing. It recuperated itself, tried again, and landed it. It did. It landed hard, though. We'll get there. We will. It landed so fucking hard. Uh, Morbius is held prisoner at the Manhattan Detention Complex, where he writes in a journal about coming down from the artificial blood and becoming weak again. Cool. Journaling. I like it. Hey, sometimes you got to tell more exposition to the audience in a way, and why not make it a journal entry? You know, Iron Man built that thing in a cave with scraps? Well, I'm building my past in this book with scrapbooking. <laughs> Milo poses as Morbius's lawyer and visits him in jail. He promises to free Morbius and leaves behind a bag of red. Morbius realizes that Milo left without his cane. And it dawns on him that Milo has taken the cure and killed the nurse. And you want to know what's amazing about this? Don't answer. It's Matt Smith. It's Matt Smith. Holy shit, is he good in this movie? He's so good. <laughs> he has like that specific look because he has caveman eyebrows. That's what it is about him. His whole face is very uh, Neanderthalic. Like, you know, you have to wear a baseball cap whenever you go outside in order to <laughs> keep the sun away from your, yeah. your dear old eyeballs. Yeah. He does not need that. No. Because of the way his forehead hangs over. Right. Also, they don't make hats big enough for his head anyway. That's very... Well, why would you? With that hat of hair, I wouldn't cover that up. No, never. This is one of the weirdest looking, most delicious men alive. That is 
such a weird way of phrasing it, but you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he's like the meal in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. (laughs) Okay. It's a delicacy to somebody with monkey brains. Right. And like the person sitting across from you is like eating all these bugs and the monkey brains. And you're just like, I don't understand it, but also I do. Yeah. It's like Swedish made penis enlargement pumps and me. That's right. It's your bag, baby. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. But it's not everyone's bag. Maximus a goddamn treat. He's wonderful. That's what we're getting at. That's yes. what this, this entire episode is pretty much about. <laughs> it's a Jared Lego. Lego. <laughs> Wait, Jared hold Lego? on. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, He's stiff enough to do it, I guess. We are, where, we're doing a sweet crossover with a Lego movie. Lego movie? Even the Lego franchise be like, ah, pass. We'll take Ninjago, apparently. Whatever that is. <laughs> Welcome to the Sony Spider-Man Lego universe. <laughs> Just making people even more pissed off. They would do a good job with it. They probably would. Everything they do animation-wise is beloved, so. It's true. Even though I've never seen the second Lego movie. I feel like I, I started watching it and gave up on it halfway through. Did it like not match the charm of the first one? You're like, I'm good. I think I fell asleep. And then just never felt the need to revisit it. Fair enough. It's like a Doctor Who eventually. Yeah. It was like, you know what? That first Lego movie was enough steak for me. Well, that first Lego movie is a, oh God. It's it's so good. It's a treasure, really. It has no business being as good as it is. You're you're not wrong. It's almost too good. Like, what did you do? It's shady how good it is. Yeah. And the same can be said about Lego Batman. But Lego Batman, I hated the first time, as you can go back and listen. And the second time, I very much did not hate that movie at all. I loved it so goddamn much. So Morbius drinks the blood, and he escapes the prison to confront Milo. And when I say escapes, I mean he rams himself through the wall of the prison cell. Milo admits that he killed the nurse, but only due to some bloodlust, that the same bloodlust that caused Morbius to kill all the people on the ship. You know, when you first get your cure, you're not in control, and you do crazy shit, man. Yeah, isn't uh, junky pretty much. And yeah. my favorite thing about this movie, and it really just hit me now, is we're describing a lot of stuff in great detail. Probably overkill. Probably. And it's because the entire third act, nothing happens. It's so quick. So I'm not terribly worried. Right. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, like that final fight starts and then ends. Like, like it's done. It's awesome, though. It's but it, that's exactly it. And don't yeah. snap. We've talked about this too uh, many times. I think I just killed half the bats. <laughs> oh, God, only half the bats are left. What are we going to do? Now there's only like half of infinity. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we will. Milo asks Morbius to join him in embracing their true selves and live as vampires. And I have an actual IMDb trivia fact. Matt Berry's not in this movie and that's a fucking crime. Is that it? That's that's not it, but um, Matt Smith apparently deliberately channeled Kiefer Sutherland's performance as David from The Lost Boys in some scenes of the film. He joked that this was due to both movies having their main character named Michael. Okay, if you got to connect dots somehow, go ahead. There's like a scene where Matt I Smith love is just it. walking towards him going, Michael, and you're like, oh my god, this is The Lost Boys part two. Uh, first of all, but I don't know if we've said it yet, but Matt Smith is a goddamn treat. I don't know if we've so said it yet. Good. I keep forgetting if we have or haven't. I feel like we might have mentioned it in passing, but we should probably spend more time talking about how great he is. I think that's fair to do. What a character to channel, though. That's a a cool one. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I love that movie. I have never seen the whole thing. Perhaps we'll get there. Who knows? 
We probably will. There are lots of movies. We'll get there with Beer Me a Movie coming out in November. We got like, what, four episodes left to this? Uh, counting this one, four episodes to wow. go. So embrace it while you can because it's going the way of Michael Morbius before he got the rat. What? In him. Dying. Dying. It's going to walk funny to a grave. Probably. Right. And then it's going to get injected <laughs> and become something brand new. That you're all going to love. Yeah. Our patrons have not complained yet because we've been doing the new show on the Patreon <laughs> to kind of knock off the rust and figure it all out. And they have not complained. That's which right. We appreciate them for for staying quiet. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouths, patrons. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are going to love it. And Brian has the first pick and he's terrified for it. And I love that, too. It's true. I, I There's so much pressure on me to do it right. And well, we'll see. so morbius and milo fight for a little bit and then milo kills a whole bunch of police officers and then morbius escapes by riding the aerodynamic bullshit winds in front of a subway train again as you do it's pretty cool though because he's like standing there in the subway and then and then matt smith starts running at him but he's like he's gotten all uh rick and morty eyed that's true and and he he knows that the train is coming and he sees the aerodynamic winds coming and he just jumps in front of the subway and then floats and no it's not awesome but you know what they tried not everything is awesome (laughs) but hold on a sec with the fucking rick and morty eyes i i can't believe this is happening (laughs) so the other day i was about to give my kids breakfast yeah and my wife ended up buying count chocula which okay good on her it's kick-ass cereal. It is kick-ass cereal, and it's the time of year for it. I agree. It's spooky season, as Brian likes to call it. But on the box, if you look at Count Chocula now, he's got Rick and Morty eyes. Does he really? It's creepy as all hell. I love and it. And audibly, as I'm pouring the cereal, I look at this thing. I go, what the fuck's up with his eyes? And my kids are sitting right there. It wasn't a great dad move. I'll give you no, that. But that's not um, your best parenting That's moment. what you just made me think of there. All right. The buffalo's so- tracing. Fuck you, everyone. Hey, sometimes- fuck all of you. <laughs> Sometimes you see Rick and Morty eyes and it really takes you out of something. Trust it really me. Does. I watched Morbius twice this week. <laughs> Every time he echolocates, he gets Rick and Morty eyes. Uh, gotta turn no back, give me the blood. <laughs> oh god, Morbius, I don't know if that's such a good idea. You <laughs> be quiet there, Morty. We gotta <laughs> save the world, Morty, or whatever the stakes are, Morty. Oh jeez, Morbius. <laughs> Rick and Morbius would have been the way to go. With Rick that. and Morbius. <laughs> You're right. Ah, oh, geez, I'm Morbius. <laughs> that actually fully checks out because uh, Morty does change typically. He's the one who changes. Yeah. And his life is ruined. And Tell that to Pickle Rick. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> is that show a masterpiece? That show has its moments of masterpiece, and then okay. it has its moments of phoning it in. And they're they're fewer and farther between, but I think overall it's a good show. They are, but they're kind of doing like She-Hulk before She-Hulk in a way with the Szechuan sauce. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like how people were very pissed off when they released that sauce again. Uh, they couldn't get it, and like that was the whole point. <laughs> of the like, show and they couldn't understand that and <laughs> She-Hulk just likes knocking down incels and I love that show for that yeah 100% so Morbius goes and can and we talk about Tatiana Maslany I, I don't I don't give a damn about not, Morbius I, can't I don't give a damn always talking about Tatiana Maslany she's amazing so she's almost perfect as a human being right we're in agreement there like absolutely I don't understand why people want to date She-Hulk but don't want to date Jennifer Walters, like, doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, it makes it makes zero makes sense. Makes zero sense. 
like I can't imagine going on on whatever the dating app is, Matcher or whatever it's called. Whatever. And that show and seeing seeing Jen Walters going, nah. But I, hold on a second, because if you're dating a Jennifer Walters and she ends up telling you like I'm also She Hulk, even though you're going to know that because she's an international celebrity now, right? Every now and then you're going to want to say, "I need you to go green. We got to kink it up a notch." Oh yeah, bam, I mean, Emerald style. To... I don't know what I'm talking about, but. <laughs> You have to occasionally add some green to the bedroom. But you have like a built-in kink. Why wouldn't you love Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I don't know. These, We're on the these same page. This Marvel is dudes. She-Hulk's one of the best things Marvel's ever done. It's so good. <laughs> it really is. I'm Mr. Immortal. Mr. Immortal. Absolutely. I'm going to leave it at that. If you've never watched Veep and you don't know about Andrew, Andrew's in She-Hulk and it's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> and he's doing like the same bit in a way and I fucking love it fantastic morbius go 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 go. oh yeah yeah go 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 so dr michael morbius finds uh dr bancroft and tells her about milo he decides he's gonna bust up a counterfeiting operation for the sole purpose of keeping their secret layer which is strange but he just like do you shows up he's like is this the part of the movie where the the weird guy in the hood beats everybody's ass and then takes their secret layer and it's like wait are you talking about this movie or or a different movie and They're he... playing capture the flag with fucking labs. <laughs> they just show up, and if you stick your flag in hard enough, it's yours now. Yeah, if you break the one guy's hand in a few places, it's your lab. Which actually was terrific, because he's telling him what bones he's breaking <laughs> as he's breaking them, and Matt fucking Smith. Uh, well, it's it's Jared Leto, but... <laughs> How hard was the buffalo tracing for me? They must have been tracing pretty hard, because this is Jared Leto's lab. Wow. All right, well, um, Matt fucking Smith. <laughs> But I don't also, take it back. But also Matt fucking Smith. I don't take no, it back. I just, I will never be able to delete the memory of Jared Leto going, oh, and the pretty stinky little pinky. Oh, shit, you're right. Or the pretty little stinky pinky. Stinky pinky's a great line, first of all. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Same page. Carry on. Can we get through this goddamn movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, I have an actual IMDb trivia fact. I dislike you thoroughly. So in in the trailer, this isn't the fact yet, but in the trailer for this movie, there's a lot of scenes that are not in the movie, including a scene where Morbius walks by this mural of Spider-Man that has the word murderer written on it. Because they did a lot of fucking shit with the the trailer to make people go, oh, it's going to be connected. Let's watch this movie. And it didn't work. Sure. So the fact is, despite never filming the scene with the Spider-Man mural, the director has confirmed that Spider-Man, or at least a Spider-Totem equivalent, does still exist within the SSEO. Did he use the word totem? He did use the word totem. That just got me fully torqued. At least according to this fact, but we know how That's fallible IMDb can be. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Falio, my Falio <laughs> is enormous right now because the word totem in terms of Spider-Verse sets up literal infinite possibilities. That is very true. And I would love the inheritors in something. I have I have Go proper some- Spider-Verse expectations for the SSU going forward, and uh, we'll, we'll probably get there. We might. I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> Cue the obligatory awkward villain dance scene. It's so good, though, because it's Matt fucking Smith. It's Matt Smith shirtless dancing for too long, and it's great. It goes on uh, too long for every other actor in the world, but not long enough for Matt Smith. Yeah, and he's just getting dressed in his fancy clothes, and he's making vampire faces at the camera, and we love it. (laughs) As you do, yeah. Dr. Bancroft is staying with Morbius in his new lair, and they do the kiss on the roof. 
but Milo is watching. From a distance. From a distance. He's like, ah, these two, canoodling or whatnot. So or whatnot. (laughs) They return to their lair, where Morbius finalizes an antidote slash poison. I don't know what it is either. That's a good way to put it with the slash. They kind of describe it as both things. And Dr. Bancroft's like, but that's going to kill you. And he's like, yeah, but- You know what? We'll get there. No, 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 no. We'll get there. You're right, because it creates the most awkward line of dialogue ever. (laughs) And we'll get there. We will get there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the FBI finds footage of Milo murdering some guys who wouldn't let him hit on their girl. And now that they know it's not Morbius, they release the footage to caution the public that, you know, there's a murderer out there, so maybe don't stay out at night. It could be this Dr. Morbius guy, or it could be uh, a guy coke fucking caveman. That could be the guy go fucking caveman. Dr. Nicholas sees the footage on the news, and he, he visits Milo in his apartment, pleading with him to stop murdering. <laughs> It's like, hey, Milo, could you not murder anymore? And That'd Milo, be great if you stop murdering. Thank you. And Milo gets super offended by this, and he's pissed off, and he accuses Morbius of being Nicholas's favorite. He's like, ah, he was always your favorite. And Nicholas is like, I literally raised you. What is your problem? I sent him away to a school of gifted children. Not that one. Not that one. But a school of gifted children. <laughs> You're clearly my favorite. So Milo mortally wounds Dr. Nicholas and tells him to call Morbius. <laughs> As you Fine. Do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Morbius arrives just in time to witness his caretaker's I death. I like how you said as you do, because I'm running out of ways to say as you do right now without <laughs> just sounding too repetitive. As this you whole do. movie is a big time like, yeah, no, as you do. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That's the natural progression, <laughs> I think. People are going to realize that this show's been bullshit for 180-some-odd episodes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of as you do, and we'll get there. Neither of which are ever the case. Oh, God. You're all fucking sheep. You've been you know that every single 200 one episodes. 189 episodes, I think this one is, and you've all just been completely uh, duped. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> We've never even seen any of these movies. No, we're just making them up as we go along. We're very good yes-anders. We're getting there. Yes, and we'll get there again, oh, as you do. You brought it back around. That's a callback. <laughs> How clever of me. Milo uses the distraction of Dr. Nicholas dying to get to Dr. Bancroft, and now he forces her to call out to Morbius but not like on a phone, just say his name. He's going to go all Rick and Morty-eyed and find you. Exactly. Like, he's standing on top of a building and sound waves go out, I suppose, and Morbius hears the cries and she says, don't hurt me, and that's when he kicks into high gear. That's right. He goes He goes full Morbius, because now Dr. Nicholas is like, you have to stop him. So he's like, I'm going to embrace what I am, because now I'm wearing purple. Can I embrace what I am right now? What, is, what, are, you, what are you? I was not anticipating this being a drunk episode. <laughs> and yet and yet i poured a, a gentleman's pour it was quite a hefty pour usually whenever you go to a bar you're like i'll take one finger i'll take two fingers i took a fisticuffs worth i was of gonna fingers. say dave took a whole fist yeah i went buck wild with it like he was hanging out with matt smith like if i were dane cook doing a super fist like that's how many yeah i did um and now i'm drinking a very delicious paul on our Oktoberfest on the side because this movie's still going on it is. Not for much longer. Not for much longer, but it's necessary <laughs> to kill brain cells as we're talking about fucking Morbius. Yes. Carry on! So Morbius rushes to Dr. Bancroft's <laughs> location. I'm having a blast, by the way. 
But he's too late. He is too late. He kills her? Question mark? She's, she's like already dying and she tells him to make her death mean something. What does that fucking mean? You know, like, use me. I, you've been hopped up on the blue. Take my red and kill this fucker. He does suck that neck pretty oh, yeah. goddamn hard. Well, first they do the kiss again and she bites his lip pretty aggressively and a little drop of his blood falls into her mouth and you're like, that won't come back. Totally will. <laughs> and then and then he goes to town on her neck. You're right. Can you leave a hickey on a dead person? Uh, that's a good question. I that's don't know a, how, how it all works. Because the blood is going to start pooling. Underneath. Underneath. So I don't right. think you can. I don't think you can give a hickey to a dead person. Listeners, go out and try and report back No, no, results. no. Don't go out and try. <laughs> what you should do is you need to find your nearest body farm. Yeah. And you need to break in after hours. Don't make it weird. Yeah, come on. And just start sucking on some corpse neck. That's that's exactly what I just said. Go try. For science. Try it out. Well, I feel like the way you said "try it out" was just a bit too aggressive, and I'm oh, trying to ma- I'm trying right, to frame it. Give in them the sense specific of instructions on how to suck on dead necks. You're right. I'm not going to tell them how to do it. They're adults. Either they know how to do it or they fucking don't. <laughs> I feel like we're arguing the same thing at this point, just in different ways. I think you're absolutely right. Morbius has done this to us. <laughs> so now Morbius has to fight Milo, obviously. Obviously. But first, I have another actual IMDb trivia fact. First, I need you to fuck all the way off. <laughs> Second, I need you to read your IMDb trivia fact. Morbius lands in a neon sign and two letters fall off O and M. Ohm is a sacred sound considered by many ancient philosophical texts to be the sound of the universe, encompassing all other sounds within it. So I've seen this movie, and I, um, Daniel Espinosa. <laughs> Definitely did not intend this. No, 100% no. This is some <laughs> serious, this is what happens when you don't give me bullshit IMDb trivia to have this fun This is with. what happens when your parents don't buy you a goddamn Stretch Armstrong as a child, <laughs> is you have to make up for it later in life. I have to find actual bullshit IMDb trivia facts. <laughs> so Morbius tackles Milo into the sewers and summons an army of thousands, maybe millions of bats. Sure. Bats. Just a lot Just of bats. bats coming from all directions. And he kamehamehas them at Milo. <laughs> We're going to get there. I can't believe that. <laughs> Just holding Milo on the ground with a series of bats. And he comes up to him and he stabs him with the antidote. <laughs> slash poison. Slash whatever it is. And let's talk about dialogue. Let's, let's have a discussion about dialogue. So dialogue is really important in movies because, yes, it is a visual medium, but you do need dialogue in order to express yourself when you have a caveman acting who may not be <laughs> careful of doing that. He openly says, you can't kill me. But he's not saying it like you can't do it, like you physically can't. He's saying right, like, he's as like, a friend, like, no, no, you can't kill me. It's kind of like a big fish of like, this isn't how I die. Right. This isn't how I go. Yeah. That's weird. Like, all this is weird. And then he follows it up with... You named me. That's insanity. Oh, my God. This movie. I can't tell if it's trying too hard or not trying at all. We might get there. Again, I don't know. We might get there. I don't know. <laughs> Critics had things to say. The problem is, if you, take, if you take the average of those two things, it's just trying. Wow, this feels like it's got Daredevil vibes all over it of, why yeah, do I like this? Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm feeling here. <laughs> So Morbius flies out of the sewers and a shitload of bats swarm the city. Dr. Bancroft wakes up. Credits. Yeah, what the fuck just happened? 
Because that is more from April 1st, 2022. I never said the date, but it feels appropriate because April Fool's. But you did say the date. Well, I have to for this one. I never usually say the release right, date. Right, right, right. Oh, almost credit. Sorry. That's almost Morbius. That's right. That's almost Morbius. Because we have a Paul in her. We have a mid-credit scheme. Scheme. scheme? Not a, it might not as a well seam. be a fucking scheme at this point. <laughs> the, it feels kind of schemy. Uh, the sky opens up a la Spider-Man No Way Home with that big purple crack. And Adrian Toomes, played by Michael fucking Keaton from the MCU, appears in a jail cell. And he's confused about why he's there. And he's released since in this universe he hasn't committed any crimes. Yeah, it's Michael fucking Keaton. You get to see him now because you might not see him in The Flash next year because who the hell knows what's going on with that? We'll get there. Never. <laughs> Maybe that movie will come out. Who knows? I have no idea. I have an actual IMDb trivia fact. God damn it. I know. A post-credit <laughs> a post-credit IMDb. Hit me. J.K. Simmons originally filmed scenes as J. Jonah Jameson for this movie. In the time that elapsed between the film's original shoot and the production of Spider-Man No Way Home, it became evident to the filmmakers that Morbius did not actually exist in the same universe as Simmons' version of J. Jonah Jameson. As a result, Simmons' scenes were removed from the film. That's the full fact. That's depressing. Did this movie... not stop them from including Michael Keaton, though. That is so sad, though, because this was a COVID film proper. Yes, yes. This thing got pushed back two years. Like, it should have come out in 2020, right? Yep. And it was supposed it just to come out in July 2020. Kicked back, kicked back, kicked back. And when and... it came out, like, I kind of understand why this wasn't received the way it probably should have been. Yeah. But also, I do get it. They had to move a whole lot of stuff. This was supposed to come out before both the Carnage movie and No Way Home. Man. It's hard building the universe. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Especially when you're going across studios with it. It doesn't help. Because then we have a, a proper post credit scene. On Netflix, they do a second mid credit scene because it's Netflix, and they're like, you're not going to watch the credits. But it is pro- post-credits. Tombs, in full vulture getup, don't know where he got it, but he has it, tracks down Morbius telling him he doesn't know how he got here, but he thinks that it has something to do with Spider-Man. That's the first time they mentioned Spider-Man in the Sony universe, by the way. He suggests that they form a team to, quote, do some good. Now, hold on a second. Uh, he says that they should form a team in the most John Favreau way imaginable. <laughs> because I'm not even sure that this was Michael Keaton on set, because the ADR was strong with this one. Oh, was it ever? Oh, my God. It's almost offensive. <laughs> but this scene in particular, there's just a CGI vulture on the screen because they're like, we need to make him say things that Michael Keaton never said. No, he still looks awesome, though. He really does. They made him look more like a bird than he does in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, well, he's the D. Reynolds of the Spider-Verse, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but that is Well, first, Morbius, Morbius has his final line. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to get out of this thing. And the Morbius keeps pulling me back in. <laughs> Every time I think I'm out. Morbius. <laughs> that's a that's a long way of saying Morbius says one word. Yeah. Intriguing. Yeah. Okay. That's what we stopped for. That's good <laughs> to know. So that is Morbius from April 1st, 2022, directed by Daniel. But Indian also. Espinosa. No, God no, damn it. There's nothing. I'm just fucking with you now. <laughs> I like this movie. I don't know why. I like this movie. I don't know why. Same. Same. I like this movie. I don't know why. This is the same opinion I have of all of the Sony movies so far. I think I'm starting to just, I have to live with the fact that I like the Sony movies. There's actually nothing wrong with them. Well, the Sony movies are very, very dark because I feel like they're trying to differentiate themselves from the from proper the MCU. MCU. Yeah. And the characters that they do have are sort of the darker side of the Marvel universe. But at the same time, they're doing movies with all the redeemable members of Spider-Man's rogues gallery. 
They're all ones that have good guy streaks at at some point. To a point. Morbius doesn't in this movie. Not in this movie. but doing it very selfishly where- Yes. Like the word anti-hero gets thrown around and he's not that. No. No. But at the same time, he is trying to cure a disease. Like that that is his For himself, for a selfish reason, which is really interesting. That is. I Hmm. like this movie. I do too. Do not understand why I like this movie. Totally would watch it again. I'm Agreed. not kidding when I say Agreed. that. It feels to me, and I'm saying this because it's extremely heavy-handed, and it should feel this way to everyone. Sony is building to a Sinister Six movie. Yes, please. I would I love hope that. For the sake of all Marvel movies, that the Spider-Man they introduce is a Miles Morales. Now you just saying that again got me fully torqued because. It would make sense because it's a different universe. It would make perfect sense. And when you start having incursions in the MCU, because we are in the Secret Wars timeline, you have a way for them to finally interact. A Miles Morales live action movie alone would be incredible. Oh, kick ass. But yeah, that would make perfect sense for them to start going that direction. Yeah. Especially because Tom Holland is Spider-Man, but how long is he going to be Spider-Man for? Who the hell knows? Kid's young. He could play for another 10, 20 years. He's like 26, but he still looks 18. Yeah. So good Peter Parker casting, for what it's worth. But Morbius. Morbius. Let's keep talking about this fucking idiot. (laughs) Sure. Rotten Tomatoes, 1 to 100. Why don't you hit me? Uh, 40. Yeah, that's the worst answer you've ever given. Really? Critically, 15. (laughs) But audience score, 71. Uh, That feels like I nailed it then. That more or less sums up what Morbius is. Yeah. It's a bad movie that people like. Yes, and that's okay There's to nothing have. Like that. Yes. Critics who did see this because Roger Ebert said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Roger Ebert, already a vampire, didn't need to see this movie. Roger Ebert could suck my neck any day he wants. That'd be great. It'd be very it, difficult for him to do, though. It would be very difficult. He's got top teeth. That's all you need. Mark Kennedy from Associated Press. I almost got brought into a spit take as he's drinking his Powerade. That was the closest you've come in 190, 189 episodes to getting me to do a spit take. Like I said, Mark Kennedy, Associated Press. He said, Morbius is a forgettable, often laughable entry into Sony's attempt to fill its own Spider-Man adjacent cinematic universe, a poorly edited derivative time suck. <laughs> pun intended. Hey, hey, that pun was worse than the hey, movie. Uh, the Fonz. Hey. Hey. Sit on it. Leah Greenblatt from Entertainment Weekly. She said, logic and plot flow are generally treated like civilian casualties, but the movie, <laughs> with its canny mix of whiz-bang violence, goth atmosphere, and high camp, feels pleasingly pulpy and urgent up until its last minutes. Yeah. Hard agree. Yeah. Hard agree. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't know how to say this person's name, but I'm just going to sound it out phonetically, and I apologize in advance. Bilji Abiri from New York Magazine slash Vulture says, Morbius has no reason to exist as an actual movie, <laughs> but maybe that's why it worked for me. Yeah. I agree with that one, too. I wish I knew their name properly because I can give them real props. That would be great. <laughs> Uh, Letterbox. People saw this thing. I'm they sure they did. As fuck, as you can imagine. From May 30th, 2022, Jared Leto is like King Midas, except everything he touches turns to shit. <laughs> now you see, that's funny because yeah. everything King Midas touches turns to gold. Turns to gold. That thing had 17,901 likes. 
Wow. On Letterboxd. The next closest had 9,546. People were like, ah, you said shit. <laughs> A lot of people like that King Midas reference. They do. They're very big mythology fans. And if you haven't listened or read any of Stephen Fry's mythology trilogy or anything like that, you're missing out, hmm. frankly. I'm missing out. That took out like a full month of Audible for me. It was lovely. Sounds like fun. From April 2nd, 2022, first date idea. Take her to see Morbius and tell her it's empty because you rented out the theater. (laughs) That's actually kind of brilliant. It is a genius move. What a flex. Rented out the theater. (laughs) You shouldn't have to do the popcorn trick at that point. You shouldn't have to. You're the only ones in there. Exactly. For April 10th, 2022, happy birthday, me. Oh. Review. Hear me out. <laughs> More Pius. He drinks pee instead. <laughs> you might as well have fun with it. That 100% sounds like something they do on South Park. <laughs> Absolutely. With the you guy like with fish the... sticks? No, I just like drinking pee. Morpheus is the superhero that saves the water park. <laughs> That's very good. And the last one I have is from April 2nd, 2022. One thing I'll say for Morbius is that at one point, Jared Leto does a Hadouken that shoots a <laughs> beam of bats. It's not quite as cool as it sounds. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's funny. <laughs> Completely nailed it. How about we give this thing a super stuff score? Let's immediately give this thing a super stuff score. Story But motivation. wait! Huh? Because, do-do-do-do-do-do, relevant news. <gasps> this is a... A thing that all you normies haven't heard yet, but it's been on the Patreon now for a couple weeks that I've been doing on the quote-unquote new show. Right. Beer Me a Movie. Relevant news. I googled vampire news. Oh, good. And as of three weeks ago, on September 8th, 2022, a skeleton of a female vampire was unearthed at a cemetery in Poland. Um, I'm going to need a source on this news. <laughs> this is directly off of CBS News. Okay, continue then. So this seems like a weird time to talk about the way that bodies are preserved. It does seem like a weird time, but what That's what time? we're going to do right now, <laughs> because I want to give a tiny history lesson about how people are buried, for the most part, in kind of ancient times. So in the event of a death back in the day, they used to tie a string to people's fingers. And right. That, uh, the string was attached to a bell. Right. In and it was basically Buried to, alive, you could- Exactly. A whole- buried alive thing and that's the definition of a dead ringer as they called it right but with this they realized that this was a vampire situation because they had a scythe over the neck of the corpse as well as a padlock around the ankle to keep it in place and apparently the scythe is there so that in case they rise from the dead they would sit up and cut their own throat and cut their head off what (laughs) And they said, apparently in ancient times, this is what they did for people who they thought were vampiric. That's amazing. So they discovered this body three weeks ago in Poland that definitely had vampire vibes to it because it had the blade across the neck. It was tied down with the padlock on its ankle. Uh, Vampires are real. There you go. There it is. According to CBS News. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Relevant news. Relevant news. It's like the big giant web came back, but just in the form of... A different fucking name. Shut up, Brian. It's marketing. <laughs> Let's give this thing a super stuff score. If people actually want relevant news, they can do, 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 go subscribe to Patreon for $1 a month and hear about the Baldo. Exactly. <laughs> that is relevant news. <laughs> <laughs> super 
Super Stuff Score. Super That's Stuff rumor. Score. From Baldo to Super Stuff Score. Uh, story and motivation. The story is realistically a guy who is dying who doesn't want to die. Yeah, Jared Leto uh, has a disease. He wants to cure the disease. He's trying to defeat mortality. Yes. I would say that's pretty goddamn noble. He uses bats and he uses science broken down in a uh, kindergarten way to explain it to me. He refuses a noble prize. He does. I'm going to go 0.5. The story and motivation is absolutely there. It's there. And as silly as it may be, it's it's airtight. It's sure, Brian. You know, I, I can't argue with that. It's a point fives worth of airtight. I would not want to go to space with this spacesuit. Nor of would tightness or would I want to go water scuba diving. Yeah, let's talk about hero. Zero. It's Morbius. He's it's, an anti-hero. It's Morbin time. He saves the day from what? From himself? From Lucian, the vampire who wants to kill people. Oh, God damn it. All right, 0.25. All right, 0.25. Let's talk about villains. Matt fucking Smith. Matt. So one, gets the Matt Smith bump. <laughs> that is aggressive, but I'm not going to fight you on it. Fair, done. That's the end of discussion. We've done it. Boom. Uh, parents. Teamwork? Parents. It's got to be parents. It's, a, it's zero, a zero, zero, zero. We don't know anything about his parents other than Nothing. he lived in a hospital, so probably not That's great. right. <laughs> He did have a father-like figure in Dr. Emil Nicholas, who does get murked. Zero. Zero. He was not his favorite kid, as we pointed out. That's right. Female characters, which I said plural, despite... No, that was a silly move. She's Uh, there, and she lies in a fridge. She lies uh, in a fridge for a scene, and then comes back, and and then gets fridged again to be the inspiration for the final fight, and then she wakes up again, uh, very formula, zero. I think it's a zero. It has to be a zero. If it's not, we're doing something wrong yeah. for this arbitrary scoring. Yeah. Setting. Where? Uh, Greece, New York, and um, Costa Rica. It all looks the same to me. And international waters. <laughs> oh, that's the part that looked different. Uh, this New York doesn't look like New York at all. Not even a little bit. I'm going to go zero. I think it's again. zero. Style and tone. You could fight me on this. I dig it. But I love it. I, like I dig lot. it so much. It's very respectful to the comic. It is. Absolutely. But like in not a goofy way, it looks great. I think that the characters changing into their vampire selves every now and then in the face, especially. Such a good touch. It really is. I'm going to go full-blown one. I think it's a full-blown one. Music. It's for fucking forgettable. It's the most forgettable score I think I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't know anything from this movie music-wise. It was John X Strand. It's John Ekstrand going, I just learned chords. To, hey, uh, you want some ominous undertones? He's <laughs> going full Sarah Marshall on this. My cat fell asleep on this keyboard with these Sarah Marshall tones. <laughs> oh, well, let me guess. You want dark, ominous tones? <laughs> <laughs> it's a zero. It's a zero for music. It's an absolute zero. One-liners. It's Morbin time. It's, it's somehow the biggest one-liner of this movie is not, not in, in the, the movie, movie, but I feel but like we need huge. to count it. It's enormous. Huge. So that's going to get a .25 bump despite not being actually in the movie. Yes. I love the you're killing me <laughs> or the you can't kill me or whatever you that is. kill me. It's so you uncomfortable me. that I love it. I'm going to go .5 total. .5 I think is is fine and probably generous, but I love it. So yeah. Final category, impact on the genre. It's enormous. It's stupid big, despite a lot of things. 
$75 million budget. It made $163 million worldwide. Yep. The hate for this movie was so large that Sony said, cool, we're going to re-release it in theaters. <laughs> they, they saw it as renewed interest in the film. And when it came back out, it only made an average of $289 per theater. Which is fascinating. That is like the most insane flop of all time. But luckily it was on the second release, so it didn't count. But it was as a joke. Yeah. They but that's a- the whole thing is that how do you look at Sony in this? Because it's a Sony move. Of Do you look at Sony leaning in so hard yeah. that they were able to take the joke? Or do you look at it as them being so stupid? Oh, I think they're so out of touch that they were like, oh, people are talking about the movie. Let's put it out. This is the most Sony thing that's ever happened. Somebody started a petition that said, everybody was busy that weekend. Please re-release it a third time. That's fucking brilliant. I'm going to go one. I think I have to go. This thing, and that just might be because we're living in it now, but this thing is a bit of a cultural phenomenon. It really is. It's like the biggest memefied movie that I can think of. It's way up there. It's huge in just pop culture. And also, let's not forget, they are talking about Morbius 2, and it is part of the SSU, which we already know has one of the highest grossing films That's right. of all time. And also, we have Craven the Hunter coming out. We have Madam Web. We have uh, that other one with the, the guy who's only been in two comics ever, El Muerto. Yeah, that's El, El the Muerto. one. <laughs> so, you know, the, the Sony universe is trucking on. So I think I'm yeah. not going to say thriving, but trucking on is the right way to put it. Persevering in spite of its movies. <laughs> in spite of its properties is what I think I'm about to say. <laughs> I feel like the way that to look at the Sony cinematic universe is a lot like the hip hop anonymous fuck you, you gave him all the easy ones. <laughs> yeah. And that's the Sony cinematic universe. <laughs> that's great. What did Morbius get? I. It's too high, whatever it is, but also it's too low. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, Morbius has a total score of 4.25. Absolutely nailed it. I completely take it all back. <laughs> it's too high and too low. It's perfect. It's not a bad movie, guys. It's it really a lot isn't. of fun. Turn your brain off. Get away from the hate. Just sit back and enjoy a vampire flick from yep. Marvel. Yep. I was like, I was apprehensive because based on trailers, which turned out to be nothing like the movie, I was like, oh, this movie looks like it came out in 2005. I was yeah. ready for that Linkin Park <laughs> credit scene, and it never what came. What I've done! And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I like it. Me too. I don't know why I like it. I like it. It's same as Daredevil. There it's, you go. Um, it basically, it made it so, yes, I will end up seeing Craven the Hunter. Absolutely, I will. <laughs> Cannot wait for it, in fact. But more importantly, Brian, what do we talk about next week? Next week, we are finishing off a quadrilogy that we started a long, long time ago. It's one of our most cherished properties that we discuss. And uh, because of that, we're bringing on our amateur expert. (laughs) We're diving back into the trauma universe for Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger 4. And Kyle from the Experience Crime Podcast is going to be joining us because... How could you not talk Toxie without Kyle? You can't talk Toxie without We did it the Kyle. first time, and it felt dirty. <laughs> and I think he's been there for two, three, and now four. Yeah. He's our trauma amateur enthusiast. That's right. Expert. What did I call him before? It doesn't matter. Buffalo's tracing. I think you're right. Amateur trauma enthusiast. So there you go. Next week, Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger Part 4. Sincerely cannot wait. I usually lie to you guys about I can't wait, but 
sincerely cannot wait. It's always a treat when you dive into the Trump verse. <laughs> I love the uh, the amount of sincere I can't wait that have been happening lately. It's been happening a lot lately. I feel like I'm being more truthful now that the end is near. Yeah, yeah. Everything feels better. Yes, it does. <laughs> now that I know it's one of the last. That's right. Mostly because we're just super excited about the new thing. So until next week, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for The Thing. Possibly. Which may or may not have a the guest. ginger skull, we don't know. We have no idea. And that's the right move when it comes to handling a ginger skull in general. <laughs> it's a surprise whether he's there or not. We might tell him that we're recording that night. We might not. I don't know. <laughs> Email us your questions and comments at capepodcasters at gmail.com and follow us on social media at capepodcasters on all the things, especially on Facebook, because we always put up a post on our recording day asking for your questions and comments. And we got one. It's Bill Hudson Hawkins. You listened to him last week. You haven't gotten enough of that sweet, sultry, velvety voice of oh, his. Oh, yeah. You're not going to hear it now. You're going to hear my stupid voice saying it. But his question is, can you provide any insight to why Sony chose Michael Morbius as a standalone feature? Out of all the villains in Spider-Man's rogues gallery, is Morbius even in the top 10 most recognizable? It feels like such a bizarre choice, like making a movie in the Batman universe all about Calendar Man. <laughs> I don't know if Morbius is as low ranked as Calendar Man, but, I, you know, I, I feel like Sony at this point is like, we're working with what we got. And we talked to Kevin Feige and he's like, well, we're using the Green Goblin. We're using Mysterio. We're using Doc Ock. We're using Sandman. We're using Electro. You're like. You take what you have left, I guess. That's all you got left. You got to kind of go with what you got. Sorry. Just wait Everyone. until Sony releases the Spider Slayers movie. No, thank you. With Pass. no Spider-Man Even in it. Craven the Hunter is going to be weird. Let's it's going to be very it, but... weird. I'm very curious to see what yeah, he's hunting. I, I have no idea. It's usually a Spider-Man. Usually, but <laughs> if, if the Sony universe is anything to go off so far, there won't be one. That's correct. But there are rumors of a spider totem. Within the universe, so. That, again, gets me fully erect. Cannot wait. Phil, I have no idea if we answered your question. <laughs> but you're just going to have to deal with that. That's right. And uh, I hope you sleep well tonight. And I love you. Everyone listening to this, I love you dearly. Thank you so much for tuning in. Brian, do you have anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. I love you guys, too. Well, Brian's going to ride my coattails of loving. That's fine. But we're going to see you all next week. Citizen Toxie. Toxic Avenger Part 4. Same pod time. Same pod fence.